0: Welcome back into the Juco Take. I am your host, Alan Michael Burnett, and we have got all four of us here in the studio for this episode. It's been a, it's been a minute, boys. It so has it's been. A, sure. So it's good to be back. Uh, got a lot to get to today. Our first uh, real interview of yeah, we uh, the Juco Take. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, but before we get going, got to let everyone know who's here. Holden. Former defensive end, how you doing, Holden? I'm great. How are you? I am doing oh, splendid. Former ping all American at the junior college level, once a ping all American, always a ping all American. Carter Goodwin, how's it going?
1: That's right. How's it going, boys? Going great.
0: And before we get to the first topic, he's the pride of Rogersville, Alabama, master of terrible impressions and the king of the air fryer, Mr. Joshua Derricott. Josh, how you doing? How's it going? What's I'm up, doing Josh? Pretty good, tonight. good. Pretty good. I'm excited. Ready. To yeah, me, me too. Let's, well, let's just get right into it. Our first uh, real interview here on the Juco Take podcast, Mr. Ethan Haygood. Ethan is a golfer on the University of Alabama-Birmingham golf team and a good friend of fellow host, Mr. Carter Goodwin, and uh, he will be conducting this interview. So, Carter, I'm going to go ahead and give the mic off to you, and
1: uh, let's get this thing rolling. Perfect, perfect. Ethan, you on the line with us, man. Yeah, what's going on, boys? How's it going? Good. Good, man. Ethan, how does it feel to be the first guest on the, uh, the Juco Take podcast?
2: It is an absolute honor.
1: That's what I'm talking about. Well, we're, we are super happy to have you on the podcast. And as Alan Michael mentioned before, me and Ethan go, me and Ethan go way back to, uh, to the middle school days. Uh, Ethan yep. and I attended Barry Middle School together and then through Spain Park High School played on the golf team together, played at the same home club when we were in high school. So um, just, we're, we're super happy to have Ethan on the podcast today.
2: Yeah, I'm excited, boys. I saw what y'all were doing. Uh, I listened to a couple of you things, and I thought it'd be cool to come on. So I shot, I sent Carter a text, and glad we were able to work it out.
1: Yes, Heck right. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate it. So let's, let, let's go ahead and introduce Ethan a little bit more to our listeners and, and kind of, establish his his golf credibility here. So, Ethan, I'm going to run through some of your accolades real quick, and and you don't have to be humble here, but um, just a few things. The 2017 Alabama Boys Junior Player of the Year, uh, 2018 Southern Junior Champion, uh, of course, 2018 Spain Park Male Athlete of the Year, huge honor, go Jags, and 2019 Alabama Golf Association State Match Play Champ, all of that leading up to you now play for the University of Alabama at Birmingham. And um, so, yeah. Go Blazers. Go Blazers. Unfortunately, Blazers. not
2: much of that is uh, within the past two years. We've been <laughs> trying to fix that. But uh, the work in progress.
1: How is go. the golf game right now? Let's, let's, let's go with that. Um,
2: this season's been been good for us. I've been able to play in every event, which is progress. There you, go. Uh, you know, adjusting to college took a while. Um, but I've been able to sort of – starting to find my feet and play good golf uh so yeah it's been great and we've had a great season so far
1: yeah so I want to start there so we'll kind of start this here um man y'all had a just no pun intended a blazing (laughs) false fall season and uh what is it three straight team wins in tournaments is that what y'all started off with
2: yeah yeah we went three for three in the fall that is blazing
1: that's what I'm talking (laughs) about um so I kind of want to dive in a little bit because we want to, us here in, at, at the junior college level, and I'm sure our listeners that mm-hmm. that, that play golf as well, want to know kind of, can you elaborate on what like the team chemistry and the vibe was while y'all were just playing this absolute stellar golf? Because mm-hmm. we want to we maybe take a few tips from that. For sure.
2: Yeah, so this year, obviously it's weird because of COVID. And in the fall, the NCAA add it so that the teams that wanted to play or the conference that allowed you to play they would let that happen but the teams had to play with their own teammates which that had never happened before and i'd you know when you go playing tournaments you're always paired with other teams right so when when you when your teammates are are playing well like like us and like we were in the fall it's easy to sort of get that momentum and roll off how well your teammates are playing and so we we started off hot and at law tech in the uh our first term of the year and we just kept it rolling and so it's you know it's nice to feed off their energy you don't normally get to do that because you don't play with them but uh but when we got it started hot and we just kept it going it was nice yeah
1: so that so so that makes sense and and if I understand it correctly, because we did it different in junior college, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. So y'all played a fivesome together as your team, correct?
2: So we we did six count four. Okay. Um, okay. You had two threesomes. You take six, and and they would count still count four scores. Okay. Um, yeah, we had two groups.
1: Yeah. So the so I mean I can I can imagine I mean if if all six of y'all are firing on all cylinders and y'all are all playing together. And I I bet it's just easy to feed off of each other, especially in a tournament environment when you're more locked in like that.
2: Yeah. And we had some, we had some guys step up big time too. Like our other high school teammate, me and Carter, Nick Robillard. Had a ball. Um, He won our first tournament of the year and had, I think top tens, maybe even top another top five and another top 10. So he was killing it which helps a lot.
1: Yeah. I was going to ask, I was going to ask you about Robillard because man, he was on fire during the fall. And I remember it was just like every week I remember texting him like, dang man, good tournament this week. It was just on repeat pretty much. But
2: yeah, um, he, he, uh, sort of struggled, uh, last year and just put in tons of work this summer and, and it's really paid off. That's what it takes. I,
1: I do have a question. So I know, um, y'all y'all played in Chattanooga's event this fall mm. and that was actually broadcasted on ESPN 3 I remember watching because yeah, I had, so I mean I
2: think they got the last last hole covered yeah yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah I mean hey beggars can't be choosers yeah. just, just, right. Just, right. just say oh, champ, listen you are on it's ESPN <laughs> but because um, I mean I have a, I have friends that play for Chattanooga friends that play for other teams that were there outside of my friends at UAB um and you had a really good finish at that tournament. I mean, a T7 at the Honors Course. For people that don't know, the Honors Course is a extremely difficult golf course.
2: Brutal. So I mean, brutal.
1: Expand yeah, on that. Like, um, expand on that course a little bit and, and how yeah, how that, the vibe was at that tournament. It was
2: so hard. Like I'm I've been fortunate enough to play some really hard golf courses, but I don't know it's just like you so i like, honestly, I played the fall sort of with like the chipping hips. Like I'm not going to lie. I kind of had the chipping hips and been there. So I've had to bank on ball striking. Heck yeah. And so that course, like if you are 10 yards off the fairway, there's rough for about 10 yards and then there's just fescue. Um, so I mean, I just drove it really good and hit the ball really good. And, um, I mean, that sort of takes care of a lot of things, especially out there. If you're able to edit it on the fairway and not have to look for your balls in the fescue, it it takes care of a lot of stuff. So, because you saw, I mean, there were some high scores. From, oh, I think yeah. one over won the tournament individually. Wow. We shot like I can't remember, maybe 20 over as a team. Yeah, and, <laughs> and by a margin.
1: And normally, so, I mean, at a at a high level Division One tournament like that, where you've got where you've got a lot of teams. Normally somebody mm. is throwing a sixty-three or a sixty-four up there once yeah. around, and and that just wasn't out there. Mm-hmm. Um, that, but what I mean was, I mean this is getting kind of personal, but like uh, with with the ESPN coverage being there, and you know it's on the last hole. Did you feel anything mm-hmm. different? Like like were there any type of nerves that were there, or is it just, or was it kind of like not that big a deal? Like it was kind yeah. of swept under the rug.
2: So and that. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. Yep. At the uh, honors course, I think they were rolling uh, about a 13 and a half. Ooh. So they were That's flying. Moving. Pretty so, fast. You know, so I I knew – all I knew was – I mean, I knew we had basically had the tournament won. I had like this 12-footer for par, and I was doing my best just to get it in like a three-foot circle because I just didn't want a three-putt on TV <laughs> on the last. So, yeah, so. yeah. yeah it was – it was nerving. I I hadn't played on TV before, so it was just like, let's just get this one, this let's, let's get this round in the house. Yeah.
0: yeah. Did they have a?
1: Did they have Bermuda up there?
2: They do. They okay. have Champions Bermuda, and it is flying. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, mean, I remember,
1: I remember watching. I mean, I, I remember just sitting there watching <laughs> that 18th hole coverage, and it was like mm-hmm. the course. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the course almost looked a little like baked out. Like it was.
2: Yeah, it it was really firm. I mean, there was lots of, like, you basically had to, like, around the greens. If you missed greens, everything was pretty sloped off, and you had to, like, basically Texas wedge everything. Like, it was so hard to to get your ball to stop. And um, there was lots of holes where if you were out of position, you were just trying to make a bogey. Um, But, no, it was a great course, and obviously we enjoyed it because we were able to, win our second term of the
1: year. Awesome. So, kind of moving on a little bit from that from that Chattanooga yeah. tournament. It sounds like a fascinating tournament. Course had to have been phenomenal to play. Of course, um, you know we have a lot of we have a lot of golfers and especially junior golfers that listen to our podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I'm gonna I want to ask you a few questions that we can kind of tailor towards junior golfer because um, for those listening, I mean y'all just heard. Ethan had a very successful junior career um so I want to kind of I want to kind of pick your brain a little bit on now that you're at UAB how one how do y'all practice as a team practice individually and what are some ways that the the junior golfer can get better in their practice
2: yeah I think the most important thing and this is sort of what our coach believes is just playing golf um you know, a lot of these teams and, and guys have these great practice facilities, and that's great. But, yeah, but golf's really getting the ball in the hole. Um, so we, you know, we really we play probably five times a week. Okay. Um, and I mean, you know, everyone has stuff that they need to work on, and I fully believe that. You know, you you work on that on the range, and you and you tailor your practice to your needs, whatever your weaknesses are, keeping your strengths sharp. But playing golf is the best way to get good at golf. Um, and I've always believed that. And that's what our coach believes. And, you know, just finding – because, I mean, everyone has different strengths. But, you know, everyone at this level finds a way to get the ball in the hole, regardless right. of what your game's like that day. Ethan, so I, I think you. that's the most important. I got uh, so, uh, one thing here. Now, when, you're, when you say play, are you – like, five days a week, are, you, are y'all playing or are you qualifying? Are y'all, or is it a mix of both? Um, regardless of what it is, I mean, uh, it could be, like, a team play day or it could be qualifying. We – we even when we play, it's sort of – everything counts. Like, yeah. coaches are always watching and they're yeah. going to, you know, always have in the back of their mind what their top five is right now. Um, okay. And – you know, with our team has played pretty well. We sort of have an idea of who's playing. Right. Uh, everything can always change, but um, yeah, no. It, regardless of if it's just a practice play day or a qualifying, it's we play a lot. So, but that's yeah. nice.
1: And I got to think that I mean, coach has to be watching, especially your attitude during during days like that. I mean, mm. that's. I think for for all golf for all junior golfers i think and i think ethan will agree with me on this i think when a coach comes to when a coach comes to watch you play or somebody is watching you play they're not necessarily looking at what you shoot they're looking at how you act when you're on the course because they can look online and see what you shoot but they they're there watching your attitude is that is that a fair statement ethan
2: oh yeah absolutely i think even more so in recruiting yeah Uh, because they're kind of stuck with you once you're there, but right. especially in recruiting, you—you uh, you has so much of it's how you carry yourself. Um, there's, I mean, oftentimes kids may not even be quite as good as as a coach may want them to be, but by the way that you carry yourself and um, just sort of that the way you represent. You know the name when you value the name that you have to write down on your scorecard. That coaches see that and they and they value that very high.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always remember being told when I was kind of going through the, the the recruitment process that which I've gone through twice now, being going to junior college. I always told you know coaches can always look on Golf Stat and see your scores, but when they come watch you in person, they're looking at how you interact with the people in your group. How how you act after you hit a bad shot? I mean, are you throwing clubs? Which I can go ahead and give you a news flash. Spoiler alert: Do not do that in front of a coach.
0: Don't do that.
1: Um, but yeah, I think that's I think that's kind of a, a, an interesting thing that I just wanted to get your take on as yeah. well. Yeah, and, and I've I,
2: known coaches. I've I've known coaches when they're recruiting, they'll look at the leg, the legs of of these kids' bags, yeah. <laughs> and if one of them's bent they're out of there
1: automatic no go they're
2: just not gonna watch yeah Yeah. because i mean you you sort of i think we understand more now that because we've played golf for so long that one bad shot is just like i mean it's like it's just whatever it happens like it's never no matter how old you get how long you play it's gonna happen every single round so there's just no no need to to get worked up about it
1: right so sticking with, the, sticking with the junior golf theme here for a little bit, um, I know that you have played in AJGAs, SJGTs, BGA, for those around the Birmingham area. Um, but it's always a huge question. And I mean, even I get, I get asked this question. What is the value of playing in AJGAs versus SJGTs? What does it matter to play in both of them? Is there something that gets looked at differently? Um, Mm -hmm. Elaborate on that if you you kind of understand where I'm going there.
2: Yeah. Uh, I always say that playing good golf takes care of a lot of things. Yeah, Um, AJJ is great. SJGT is great. But it doesn't really matter what you're playing as long as you're writing your name down on a scorecard and having to to add it up at the end and, and post your post-year score um I, I was like I mean I really none of my recruiting was based off of AJGAs I played SJGTs I played in a couple AJGAs I think I maybe had one top 25 and that was it um so really nothing that I was recruited on was based off of SJGTs I think playing your local stuff's important because um you know Going to be able to play familiar cor- courses, and those coaches know around you know that you're going to be playing there. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I was lucky enough to play in some invitational AJGA uh, events after long after I had um, already committed and won a few events, and was able to play like the junior players and stuff like yeah. that. But it it didn't matter at that point. I was just playing them because they were good events, right? Uh, so you know, playing. Local stuff, like SJGT, and even when you're younger playing BGAs, that's great. Like, you're going to get enough recognition. I think it's important to play in your state events. Um, I mean, you don't have to travel the world. You really don't to, to play college golf.
1: Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm so glad to hear you say that because, you know, I mean, even when you turn on things like Golf Channel, stuff like AJGA is kind of slammed down your throat a little bit and i mean while those are great tournaments and they and, and they do have great fields i think that it's a little misleading because i have people come up to me all the time uh, younger kids and their parents will come up to me and be like man we're just we're we're waiting till he gets old enough to get into some ajgas and i'm like i mean if mm-hmm. you if you play good sjgts like Man, that, that's gonna, that that stuff's going to take care of itself, just like you said. Playing good golf takes care of itself, and especially I know we're all we're we're very fortunate to have the SJGT Tour, which for those of you hmm. that don't know what SJGT is, it's Southeastern Junior Golf Tour, and SJGT goes to great venues, has great tournaments, super well run. So we're really lucky to have that. Um, yeah, and I think you can agree. And with I mean, we well.
2: f- we fell under that trap too. We thought that. AJGA so you can't blame them you, oh you yeah think absolutely that AJGA is is the end all be all of getting to play college golf but it's it's so much more important to just play good golf cuz you see even like the some of the top guys at AJGA yeah they're going to go to great schools but you don't always see it working out that right the same so and you know i mean like my thing is and
1: like i've been i've i've kind of I I've been told this obviously being in my junior college position. You know, once you get once you get to the next level and you're just at that division one level, golf is golf. Like mm. I mean, not I I'm not saying that it I mean, it does matter where you play, but at the end of the day you're all playing the same course yeah. and it's <laughs> it's golf.
2: So, and I will I will say like if I weren't playing you know, at UAB or Division One golf, I would I would have gone to junior college so quick. I mean, yeah. if the best way to get to the next level, like I understand there are great schools and maybe some good golf programs at that D3, D2 level. Yeah. And some people are okay with that. But if you want to get to playing at the highest level, I'm a firm believer that the playing junior college is the best way to get there because especially in Alabama, We've got like central Alabama Wallace tons of great programs that yeah. put kids out individual programs every single year so
1: right and I mean I think yeah between between CAC and between CAC central Alabama and Wallace I mean we've got we, we've had tour winners come from come from both schools so we are fortunate to have the the junior college system being strong in in our state and um I think that's a good I think that's a good backbone to have just be able because I remember me and you having conversations in the past about you know, it's it's the playing time that matters and yeah and once once you get to the once you get to the next level golf is golf so right but um right okay so do y'all have any other questions for for Ethan personally before we move on to some headline stuff about golf uh
0: yeah the um one thing I was wondering I know that here at Wall State we have a Two, three golf courses that we'll go to for qualifying and yeah. sometimes practice at. Are you? Is that what you guys are doing down in Birmingham? Do y'all have one set location? I mean, what what does that look like?
2: Yeah, we're we're very we're very lucky to be in Birmingham because of the amount of good golf courses there are. Great golf courses. Um, I mean, we have our our practice facility is technically Ross Bridge. Um, we were at Greystone and some it didn't work out. And uh, so now we're practicing at Rossbridge, and we love it there. But throughout the week, we'll usually play at least three or four different places.
0: Okay. Yeah,
2: it uh, And it's it's been great just to be able to get a different look at, you know, you're not seeing the same thing every day. We'll go to, like, Old Overton or, right. you know, even Shoal in Birmingham from time to time, and it's, it's good to get, to get out to those places and just play somewhere different.
0: Yeah, we're normally out at show at twelve o'clock on Tuesday. So I yeah. Yeah, we wish. But yeah. uh but yeah, the only reason I asked that is because it's very important. Like if you know the tournament that you're going or the tournament you got coming up is a uh, place with bent grass. Obviously you want to practice on right. that leading up to the tournament and just get familiar with it and and it definitely helps out. Even though you're not playing The course, it's good to like know like the types of conditions that you're going to be facing. Yeah, hundred percent.
1: And hey, not not bad places to spend the afternoon playing eighteen between Shoal and Old Overton. I'd say it's pretty nice. Ross Bridge, I mean.
2: Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad at all.
1: (laughs) Oh, for sure. So, uh, any more questions y'all have before we move on to some headline stuff? Because I know, as us all being golfers here, we've got some headlines this week to talk about.
2: I'd love to talk about Tiger.
1: Let's get right into it, then. Ethan, why don't you go ahead and give us your your 10 cents on what happened. And hold on, before, just in case anybody listening to this podcast lives under a rock, Tiger was involved in a single car accident just outside of Los Angeles, um, has suffered some serious injuries to his leg, uh, but seems to be in good spirits, uh, seems to be, I guess, going as good as he can right now from what we've been told.
2: But it's like Deja Vu again. So, like with,
1: let's hear your 10 cents on this, Ethan.
2: Uh, I could talk about this for hours, but, um, you know, I I think, and I'm sure, I don't know if you guys saw the HBO documentary about, Holden you know, and I just watched it
1: two weeks ago. Yeah. So, we we've had a couple people here that have watched it. I personally
2: have not. Yeah. I, I um, haven't seen it yet. You sort of get a look at, like, what this iconic figure tiger really is yeah. uh, sort of like a, what makes him like the champion that he is. And I think, um, I think that tiger lives a very tough life as weird as that sounds because he's tiger woods and he's the greatest golfer of all time. And um, you know, but there's a lot that comes with that. And so, you know, I, I was lucky enough there's like two sides. There's two sides of Tiger, basically, like this, you know, iconic sportsman that has won everything and is the competitor that he is, and then like this sort of quiet, reserved Tiger who doesn't want all of that really. Okay. Um, and so I, you know, I was lucky enough to to be at, at the Masters on Sunday last year, which was the greatest, or 2019, I guess.
0: That's so awesome! So, wow.
2: The greatest. <laughs> sporting event i don't even want to go back like it was everyone was rooting for him and
0: can't get any better than
2: that yeah it's just a dream afternoon um and i i sort of get this idea that like tiger has now done what everyone said he couldn't do and that's when a major again and so you know i i sort of wonder like maybe he's satisfied like maybe he doesn't really want to do this anymore. He's got kids. He wants to be a dad. Like he's obviously this ultra competitor. Yeah. Who's not just going to quit. But I sort of think he's he's okay with where he is and what he's accomplished, you know. There's always going to be an argument now that he's the greatest golfer of all time. Yeah. And so maybe he's he's okay with being sort of done. Yeah, and
1: yeah I'd I be think, okay with it too if I was the best. Well, <laughs> and I think I think a huge thing about what you just said there is talking about his kids. I think, in this, I mean, you can call it Tiger 2.0 or whatever, this, this comeback that Tiger's had over the last two, three years, basically since the tour championship on, I think it has been very evident that his kids and his family have become the center of his life. I think that's fair to say. And, you know, with, with something as scary as, as this wreck happening, I could see him just kind of being like, you know what, I'm not taking anything else for granted. I'm going back to Jupiter. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang it up, and I'm just going to live life with my kids. But at the same time, though, he has defied the odds multiple times, come back and won a major. So I can almost see both sides of it. But it's like you said, Ethan, you almost got to think he might be a little, for lack of a better word, content with where
2: he is now. Ethan, I got a question for you. Who is, like, this is the way I've been thinking about it, with talking with the guys and whatnot. Who is the one guy that you would pick to come back from something like this? Yeah, I mean, you can never count him out, you know obviously. He's um, he's done it once. I mean, he's had injuries forever. But I think I'm, I just only, the only reason I say that, and I've never thought about it this way before, is I think we're dealing with a sort of different type of Tiger Woods now. Yeah,
1: absolutely, yeah, absolutely. This isn't really the young blood, the one that lives and plays yeah. golf every right. second. I mean, he's not <laughs> he's not practicing sun up to sundown. He's he's picking his kids up at three from school, taking, taking them to soccer the practice, practice. Yeah. like right. it's it, it, it's stuff like this. So, you know. I think it's impossible for – I mean, of course, everybody in the golf world has had their opinions. And, man, the opinions have been from as far from right to left as you can get. But I just think – I mean, it's too soon to make a conclusion yet, in well, my s- opinion, as to whether or not he's going to come back. Well, selfishly, I don't
0: want him not to come back. I mean, he's my favorite player. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, right. I want him back. But- mm yeah, I it's weird cuz I grew up more of a of a Phil Mickelson guy. Not a huge Tiger fan, but at the same time, what Tiger has done for the game is it's Michael Jordan to the NBA level. Probably way more oh, than that. Probably more. No, definitely more than that. The Absolutely. guy's impact and just unbelievable skill that he dominated a sport the way we'll never see it again. And yeah. just and
2: falling. he made golf he made golf cool. Exactly. Right. Absolutely. And
1: you know I mean, you got to plug your little 20 being there in 2019 to watch him win the Masters, Ethan. Not as big of a flex for me, but I was at the Tour Championship in 2018, walking down yeah. the fairway behind him. So which
2: I would have, I mean, that had to be nuts too, just oh, because God. everyone following him down the fairway on the last hole and stuff.
1: It was crazy. I mean, to get I'm, we're, I'm gonna get off on a tangent here for just a second about that. We, me and my dad, we had basically camped out on 18 for like three hours waiting on tiger to come. And, mm-hmm. and he's on hole 17 and we have, and all these policemen and everything are coming up and down the ropes. We're not letting y'all out on the, we're not letting y'all out on the course. We're not letting you on the course. And then man, he teed off on 18 and it was just kind of like a, it's kind of like a mob just come down not the hill. Stopping this, people. Yeah. No. And it was just, it, it was that, but
2: um, yeah. And you know, it was wild the whole day. But as you can imagine, on 16, when he hit that that shot, it seemed like the world had just stopped. I mean, even, like, you saw Brooks. We were standing sort of close to 17-T where Brooks and the group ahead were. And even – I mean, you saw – they even stopped and watched. Like, it was like everything just stopped and the place just went ballistic.
1: If you think – if you don't think that that ball was going in, I mean – you. Everyone had to think that was hole-in-one, but yeah. we'll settle for the birdie. But, God, just – man, I'm getting chill bumps <laughs> thinking about this kind of stuff again.
2: Yeah. yeah. The most overlooked thing – I would have been all right right yeah. there.
0: Yeah, yeah. the most overlooked thing, I think, in that whole Masters, is that was about as loaded a leaderboard because you had Goodness. Kepka, DJ, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantley was playing really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so many guys that were going off and then – it just so happened that Tiger ended up being on top of the end, which is which is crazy yeah. because I think Cantley or someone made like an eagle on fifteen to take totally. the lead, yeah. and it was just. Yeah. You know
2: and that's I mean? the cool thing about about being at a at Augusta, especially on like a Sunday. You can't have your phones, right. so you have you know what no idea what what's going on. People, everyone's just glued to looking at the leaderboards, and when they post something good, it's either you know a roar or it's yeah you know like everyone's upset about it but so yeah it's cool I mean you basically are just relying on the leaderboards
1: I mean I'm sure that I'm sure especially on that back night on Sunday you could kind of tell where the roars were coming from and based off how loud the roars were I mean I've always I mean of course I've never been to Augusta but you've always heard the stories of Oh, yeah, well, I could hear back in 13's corner, back in Amen corner on 13, I could hear a loud roar, so I knew that Tiger must have made a birdie or something like that. I'm sure yeah. that you were able to kind of gauge based off of that as well.
2: Mm. And 12 was just madness. I mean, we, nobody knew what was going on. Oh, Everyone Oh, Yeah. Tiger
1: hit
2: it 40 feet. I've never seen people cheer so loud for someone hitting 40 feet. So.
1: Goodness, that was just – that's a – I mean, if we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty, that's where he won the tournament, there, in my opinion. But I, have got to imagine it was kind of like. Of course, we're golfers here. We're all about respect, etiquette, but there had to have been kind of like a smirk come across your face when Molinari hit it in the water on twelve.
0: And like, he wasn't the only one.
1: He went in the, the water. Yeah, he wasn't the only one. But
2: it's just, I, it, it's sort of like a because everyone wanted tiger to win like i've never been to a sport that's like that it was like a slight cheer when everyone was seeing these balls just flying through the lot it was was like nothing i've ever seen before but um it was very evident who people wanted to win
1: yeah for sure so uh if you're ready to move on from tiger for a minute well i kind of want to get your thoughts about were you able to kind of Watch some of Colin Morikawa this weekend. I mean, I know you talk about relying on your ball striking in the fall. If you want to see guys, if you want to see a tour player that relies on his ball striking, look no mm-hmm. further than Colin Morikawa.
2: Yeah, it's sort of like like when, like we saw at the PGA. I mean, just when that guy gets hot, like you, you just better expect this thing to be going out of the flag. Like he's just yeah. he's pretty automatic. I think that class is very interesting. It sort of reminds me of like the, the class of '11, like the Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Dana yeah. Berger group. Like him and uh, Matt Wolf and Victor Hovland, they've just been killing it. So,
1: which I mean, if you would have told me two years ago that Matthew Wolf would have been the, I mean, for lack of a better word, most mm-hmm. underachieved player in that class, I would have thought that you were crazy. But, and yeah. it's, it's not even like Matthew Wolf is underachieved. He's got one PGA tour win and a runner up in the US he, Open I, mean, I think he
2: won in like his third third yeah. professional start or something second professional start something crazy. crazy
1: but i mean i just remember i was listening to the to, to the no laying up podcast today and they were like you know i mean like when colin worcaw is in is in the lead on sunday like the golf just gets boring like he's just so good that it's it's literally just the perfect shot i mean he hits it yeah. 15 feet left of the hole if it's tucked on the right side. And he just, he knows I how to get it done. And, and I mean, like
2: I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I didn't want him to win the PGA. Right. I just felt like I mean, yeah. this kid isn't like a s- superstar. He's just that good.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and man, I mean, we can sit here and debate over under on how many majors he's going to win, but I've, I, I, I think I can safely say that the 2020 PGA Championship will not be his
2: only major. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. I would probably agree with that.
0: Uh, Ethan, I don't have this in my notes or anything, but uh, what is, um, I'm going to give you a little golf, would you rather, before we, uh, before we wrap this up? Um, so, would you rather win 10 alternate PGA Tour events that no one watches or win a major?
2: Cool. Win a major?
0: Win a major.
1: Got to be okay. that. There yeah. you go. You yeah. Got to be that major champion. Do you have a Do you yeah. have a preference if, of which
0: one?
2: If you, oh, uh, Green,
0: the
1: jacket. master. Green jacket. got okay. be the master And masters. I say that
2: because what other major has a champions dinner that you get to go to for the rest of your life?
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. I mean, you probably can't name all the one-time U.S. Open winners, but you can definitely name all those Masters winners.
2: <laughs> That's exactly go. right. And right honestly, like, if you base it off money. If you win, like, if you win 10 PGA Tour events, I mean, obviously you're going to have a great career. If you win a major championship, you're going to have a great career. You're probably going to make just as much money winning that one major as you would winning 10 PGA Tour events just because of the sponsorships and everything that comes along with your major.
1: And I mean, like, I know 95% of the players that play on the PGA Tour, if you talk to them, they don't. I mean they don't necessarily do it for money. Yes, of course the money is a great consolation prize, but man, they like to compete and they like to win those tournaments that they've been going to since they were a kid. I mean, we look at Max Homa last week at the Genesis Invitational with such an emotional win for him. And mm-hmm. it's stuff like that is why is why those golfers compete and they love to compete so much. The money is just kind of yeah. like it's a consolation prize at that point.
2: Yeah. I, and even if you finish like 150 on the FedEx Cup list, you're still making,
1: oh
2: yeah, well over a million amount. dollars. So I think I think they're all doing all right anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, does anybody else have any questions for Ethan before we wrap it up here?
0: I'm good. I'm good. It was good meeting you. Ian. Yeah,
1: we yeah we really appreciate yeah, you it, talking by. Uh,
2: we need to tee it up soon. Yeah, absolutely,
1: absolutely man. Um, I know I'll be seeing you this summer around Birmingham some. Mm. I'm going to have to bring these these yeah, bring guys down, down. Here with me. Yeah, maybe, we'll, maybe you maybe get up with us at our uh, 12 o'clock, 2CT time. We got at show Creek. Out
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Maybe at home at home, I go play Terry Pines. and No, Cross you know, Street. Sure. Yeah, hey, have, man. you got to come to Cross Creek. If you're
1: coming up to Coleman, we got to bring you to the Muni to play. We'll you, We're, well, not gonna play no. We're not going to spoil you. We're not going to spoil you with Terry yeah, Pines. We'll let you play the national uh, <laughs>
0: Where's your next tournament? Good question.
2: Uh, we are playing Auburn. Um, hey, in two weeks um nice. and then we're playing national? sawgrass country club i think and then we and then we play shoal
1: nice. shoal's yeah. y'all's tournament right
2: we always yeah, share that one with auburn um okay. yeah so it's basically auburn's tournament
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> well
2: that works
0: ethan we really appreciate you stopping by yeah.
2: yeah thanks for having me on guys
1: for sure ethan and uh i know like we said we can't thank you enough for being on here um Thank you for being the first, the the first interview of the of the JUCO take here, and uh, I'll definitely be seeing you around. And we'll have to get you back on sometime.
2: been a privilege. I would love to.
1: All right, man. Have a good night. Thank Thanks. You.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Was that any good, guys? I thought that was man. That was fine. Thought that, fun. Was, I thought that I, was great. I, I really enjoyed that. That was good. Giving us a little insight to Division One golf and kind of the ins and outs and yeah. playing on playing on TV and the pressures. Well. Playing the 18th hole on TV. But, yeah, uh,
1: um, just again, thank you so much, Ethan, for for coming on. Um, me and Ethan have been have been close since middle school, and it's a uh, it's it's good that we were able to do this together. So. Yeah, and, that was I really enjoyed that. And I think that was a I think that was a great way to start. I mean, and little little teaser here we've got some we've got many more interviews lined up we with do. people, and I think this was a great way to kick it off and. Yep. Um, so for sure and hey if there was somebody I mean if, if, if there's somebody you want to hear on the podcast within reason of course within reason. if there's somebody you want to hear on the podcast let us know and, uh, and we'll, we'll definitely talk about it you know yep. I mean the, the DM's we'll are always a, we'll, open we'll have a staff meeting
0: about it at like the Juco take on uh,
1: Instagram and Twitter is that correct? the Instagram same handle all the way across at the Juco take Just just Instagram and Twitter but, yeah, right now we ain't got it. Once we get stuff up on YouTube, that's when we'll start. YouTube. Yeah, listen, that. I know, guys. I know that we've been. That. I know we've been talking about YouTube for a while. We've kind of ran into some to some roadblocks with some YouTube stuff, and uh, but we we promise you before sooner rather than later we will have some for content sure. coming out on YouTube. But um, I think hey, can we give a little round of applause for Ethan?
0: Round yeah, applause, absolutely. Man. Round of applause for Ethan.
1: That, that was a good, that was I thought a really good
0: I thought that was a really good starter for our interview right. series, but we're gonna go from the interview to uh, some I'd segments. A, a pretty often set, uh, pretty regular segment here on uh, the JUCO Take Podcast. Mad Men of the week is that. Mad Men of the week. Oh, oh yeah, Man here, here we go, baby. Who is uh, your baller of the week? Who just balled out in whatever sport or whatever profession that they're in? Josh, who is your Madman of the Week? Go ahead. My Madman of the Week, really Madman of last week, is Mr. Max Homa. Max We're Homa. Maxwell. Maxwell. Winning at Riviera,
2: winning, uh, what's it called, the Genesis? Winning the, the Genesis Golden. Invitation. Hosted, hosted by, by Tiger, Tiger Woods. Hosted by his favorite golfer, who he's looked up to his whole entire life. There you go. Max Homa, my Madman of the it Week. It
1: was pretty much a home game.
2: Yes, home why. game.
1: Absolute home game. You know, he missed a three-footer on 18, but it don't matter.
0: Ah, we get yeah. over He won yeah, the absolutely. playoff.
1: Absolutely. Hit arguably one of the shots of the year from up against the tree. That, to, yeah,
0: for see. sure. unreal. My Mad Man of the Week is one Victor Hovland, the Norwegian the sensation. Norwegian. Uh, made a quadruple bogey in the middle while in contention at this past week's WGC Workday and then proceeds to go 66-67 on the weekend and finish
1: tied for second. And let's not forget that he made that quadruple bogey to shoot 69. Yeah, so yeah, Not strut. like he was playing bad golf at yeah. the yeah, first yeah. well, place. If he had a party, he was like oh,
2: Did you see the birdie he made on that
0: par five? Oh, just tremendous. Oh, he was pressed up against. He hit like an eight-iron into the hill just and then roll-up. Can't teach that stuff. The up and down was phenomenal. Absolutely sweet. Holden, Madman of the Week. What do you got? I got to go with J.J. Watt. J.J. Because, I mean, you know – Everybody seems to be wanting to get out of Houston, and, you know, he accomplished his goal, and he got to a pretty talented Cardinals team. So, I'm excited to see what he can do and if they can make a playoff run. Yeah, absolutely. Man, there's
1: something in the water down in Houston, starting with James Harden to Deshaun Watson to J.J. Watt.
0: Who knows where Watson's going to go? Yeah,
1: definitely going to be an
0: interesting – story there. Uh, should he end up getting out of there? But I'm sure we'll talk about it on a future episode. Carter, who's your mad man of the week? My
1: mad man of the week is going to go to the Auburn baseball team putting up war 33 runs. Yes, that's right. Boom. 33 runs against Alabama A&M. That's where hot. To the Alabama A&M 0. So wow. 33-0 for the Auburn baseball team. And hey, guys, can I, can I get a war eagle for that? War eagle. No. That's what I'm talking about, baby.
0: So those are your mad Men of the week. And we're going to transition to a new segment, we'll which, is, which is not exactly uh, the Mad Man of the Week. It's really a person whose performance was not exactly um, a baller move, but it's just kind of like a, kind of a very unfortunate term of events. Uh, this is called the Dang Bro of Dang. the Week. Dang. It's definitely, uh, definitely a situation. Dang. This bro. is not an honor that you want to have uh, if you're ever on Dang, Dang Bro of bro, the bro, Week. Baby. It is going to be a very rough week for you. Josh is gonna kick us off. Who uh, I mean who just sticks out to you and makes it say, dang bro? Dang, bro. My dang bro of the week is Drew Breeze. Drew Brees. Drew, Brees. Drew Brees. Can you please get out of New Orleans? Go
1: home. Go take care of your family. With being on the
0: sidelines, Jameis Weston is a better quarterback than you. Whoa, Go whoa,
2: whoa. home, Drew Brees. Whoa. That's very, very, very debatable Make there, up your Josh. mind,
0: Drew. Make up your mind, Drew. So, so, that is my dang bro. So your dang bro of the week is Drew Brees basically being undecided and just won't retire. Dang Make bro, up your mind. Bo- yes, dang bro. Out, exactly. Go play golf. Yeah, go, yeah, go play golf. Uh, my dang bro of the week is uh, Victor Hovland. The draw with- Guy absolutely balled out. Now, you know how hard bro. it is to become the madman of the week and the dang bro of the week in the same week? Dang. He made a quadruple bogey and lost the tournament by three. Dang. dang. Oh, There's only one thing to say to that. What should have come? Dang. Dang bro. Your dang bro of the week. My dang bro of the week is the Seahawks, just because you know their are their quarterback wants out. Where Russ That's go? not a good sign of Russell, for their team. Wilson. Carter, who who is dang your dang bro of the week? My dang bro of the week is Tony Feenow, aka Phony, Phony Tinau. Tinau. Oh, no. dude. Dude can't even win on the PGA Tour. He's only made $27 million in his career. Like, dang, bro. Lost in a
1: a playoff to Max Homa, and Max Homa was up against a tree for one of his shots. Dang,
0: Dang, dang, bro. bro. Tony Finau will win a big event very soon. But as of right now, he's our Dang Bro of the Week. Dang, bro. So, uh, yeah, so we had a great interview in this episode with uh, Ethan Haygood. Thanks again to Ethan. had our Madman of the Week and our Dang Bro of the Week. So We're going to go ahead and wrap up the podcast. Uh, This has been another episode of the Juco Take. Holden, give us a quick random fact before we leave. Random fact of the week. There are 3,515 calories in 37 apples. Wow, that's random. So That's it. Another episode of the Juco Take podcast from Holden, Carter, and Josh. I am Alan Michael Burnett. We appreciate you guys listening, and we will see you next time.
1: Peace out. Dang, bro.